What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We're on episode 43, and today we're going to be digging into the story of Noah. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. The Lord said to Noah, there's going to be a bloody, bloody. <laughs> Did you Just ever sing that song as a this kid? Time. <laughs> I, you know what? I remember it now, but if you would have asked me Such that, I wouldn't have been Such a good song. So much fun. My kids love that song. <laughs> That is so funny. Okay, we thought we would start off this episode just doing something a little fun. We know last week's episode was really heavy. There's a lot of stuff and a lot of big names we're going to talk about um, today. So we're going to start out with just a fun question. So it's the beginning of the year. What was your favorite book you read last year? Oh, this is a good one. Oh, I read so many good books. I'm trying to think of the book that probably shaped my year the most. Let me see. Honestly, this is going to be, I mean, this isn't like a deep theological book, but a book that has really um, shaped my year and I feel like has kind of pushed me into 2019 and some things that we're going to be doing this year is actually, it's called Imperfect Courage and it's by Jessica Honiger. And um, it's just a really good book that has really given me a lot of courage to do big things for God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I feel like he's pushing us towards some pretty big things this year. So I'm super excited about it. But it was, um, it's a really good book. I highly recommend it. Very nice. I know, not deep and theological. There were a lot of good, good. a lot of good books that I read. But that one, that one really um, changed a lot for me. Yeah, I need to read that. Mm, It's a good one. Put it on my list. Yes. (laughs) Your long list. You can just borrow mine. (laughs) Okay, good idea. Yes. All righty. So. Let's see here. We um, finished up last week talking about um, the descendants and how we were leading into some hope, right, through the line of Seth. And so we pick up today in chapter 5. And what do we see first, Casey? So we see very first thing in verses 1 and 2 that Moses is linking this genealogy with the original creation. And so this shows us that the line of Seth is is godly. Unlike the line of Cain. So um, it says in verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, This is the book of generations of Adam. When God created man, he made them in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them man when they were created. So this is just reminding us um, back to the original creation story, how God made us in his image, in his likeness. It doesn't say that it was good here, but it reminds us um, when God looked at his creation and said, It is good. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it's doing there. Yeah, I think something else we can take away from this is that God is a God of order. And we talked about that with creation, but we see it again here that that this matters, right? If it's in the Bible, it matters. So there's something we can learn from it. And we see that God, God is a God of order and God is intentional and he is caring and he is personal and he includes people's names, mm-hmm. how long they lived. And so that's, that's encouraging to me. I, I like that. Even though sometimes it's hard to read through, you know, yes. like Mahalalal and <laughs> all these names and Enoch and Enosh, and then how there's two Lamechs two, and yes. they're completely different people. Yes. Like that is very mm-hmm. confusing. It but. is confusing. And I think so many times 
I just skip over the genealogy mm-hmm. because like you said, like so many names, they're all confusing. So many years, Cadence, my sweet Cadence, she started reading in Genesis last year at some point and she came to me and she's like, mommy, this is so hard to read. I can't mm-hmm. pronounce the names and there are so many numbers. And I'm like, I know baby. And it's so hard in that moment because you don't want to discourage them right. from reading the Bible. Right. But at the same time, you're kind of like, I get it. Just skip through it and move <laughs> on to the story. But when you study it, like Aaron said, like you see that God is such a God of order and Mm -hmm. every little detail matters. Mm -hmm. And so when you stop and actually look at the meanings and look at the, um, at the lineage and just everything that's in here, there's, it's, it's a deeper meaning than just spouting off names. There's a reason that it's in here. There's a reason that Moses included it. And if you just skipped over it, you'd miss some super interesting stuff, right? So like in verse, um, when talking about Enoch, we hear this person was born, this person had this many kids, they lived this many years, and then they died. But then when we get to Enoch, starting in verse 21, it just says, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. So like he, he according to scripture, it doesn't necessarily say he died. He right. just When I read that, not. I was like, he was not what? Like, <laughs> like I was like, is a word missing out of my Bible? I got a new Bible for Christmas and I was like, oh no, like <laughs> left out a word that's so So, funny so like I started reading like commentary and stuff and um it says in verses 22 and 23 that Enoch walked with God and was taken by God and that he didn't die him and Elijah are the only ones in the Old Testament that didn't experience a physical death and it's because Enoch had such a close walk with the Lord Mm -hmm. that the Lord didn't even want him to experience that physical death and he just took him it's so fascinating isn't that so neat yeah can you imagine like Yeah, because I think, and this is a whole different subject, but I think all of us fear death to some extent. Mm -hmm. And so like not having to face that because you had such a close walk with the Lord, like that's just so cool. Yeah. So cool to think about. And if you skipped it, you'd miss the fact that, I say this wrong every time, but Methuselah lived almost a thousand years. Like that's poor guy. (laughs) That is is so crazy. crazy. So crazy. And then Methuselah had Lamech. The good Lamech. The good Lamech, not the bad Lamech, which <laughs> is not confusing at all. And then Lamech had Noah. And um, Lamech said of Noah in verse 29, out of the ground that the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. So what sweet hope that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. We see, um, you know, we, we ended the last chapter with hope. But then again, this whole chapter just goes through this genealogy and it's saying, you know, even through all of this, um, painful sinful things that Cain did we see this hope when Noah's born Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that I love it and it goes into talking about how um, Noah then had his three sons Shem Ham and Japheth which the girls always think it's so funny that his name is Ham well, it is kind of funny. <laughs> it is. It is pretty funny. Once it again, funny. back to Toy Story with Ham the yeah. pig. <laughs> we talk about Toy Story too much on the show. Um, and then we're right into chapter six. So yeah, um, take us away with chapter six. So in chapter five, like we said, it focused on the line of Seth. But now we kind of go back and look at um, Cain's lineage again. And as we've mentioned, and as you saw in last episode, Cain's lineage was a mess. Mm -hmm. Just very, very, very sinful. Um, And 
we're reminded that God is a God of order when we look at the lineage of seven complete generations. What What is the significance of seven? So seven we see um, all throughout scripture. We see it in creation. We see it all the way throughout. Where, and it means kind of like a completion or perfection. It's, it's just the number is symbolic of that. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, you wouldn't, like we talked about, just from reading the genealogy, you wouldn't see that number. Mm-hmm. But when you sit down and look at the generations and count them and you see that number, you're like, wow, like I, th- I feel like it's it's kind of like a treasure hunt. The Bible yeah. is. Yeah, oh, that's you find fun. All of these cool little treasures yeah. that just that are just reminders that God is God. Mm-hmm. Like He is sovereign over all. Even how many generations are yep. between between people. Yep, it's just so neat. Yeah, so totally, neat. totally. Um, so in verse two, we uh, see where it says the son of the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive. They took their wives as they choose. So we see this pattern that we saw back in um, chapter three, that they saw that something was attractive and then they took it. Mm-hmm. So much like the fruit that Eve saw, she saw and it looked good and then she took it. And so we see that um, that pattern with sin a lot of times. So I think that that's something like we talked about before that we can we can kind of be aware of, like kind yeah. of stopping that sin before it happens, um, paying attention to what we focus on like yeah. we talked about before. Yeah. And there is a lot of confusing stuff in these first few verses of chapter six. And a lot of it we don't know or understand. And as much as we study, there's a lot of different takes on it. So don't be um, frustrated, but feel free to look into Mm -hmm. and study like the Nephilim and all of that. There's a a, just so much stuff in these few verses and a lot of it is very confusing. Um, So we're not going to go too much into that all of those details, but we just want to make sure we're drawing the point that, um, like it says in verse five, that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So this, this is also one of those things that is kind of hard and is one of those things that's confusing, right? But at one point, like Casey's saying, if you break it down and study it, if we look all the way back to creation, we see that God saw what he had made and he said it was very good the next time in scripture we see where it says the lord saw is right here in this passage the lord saw and he saw the wickedness and Mm -hmm. the evil that was continuously there so the point that moses is making as he's writing this is that God created and it was very good. Now we've gone 180 degrees the opposite direction and all the Lord can see is wickedness and evil. And I like the way that um, the Jesus Storybook Bible, (laughs) anytime, you guys, seriously, anytime something is really confusing to me where I'm like, I don't understand how the Lord could be sorry or grieve or what does that mean that God... And in the ESV, it even says regret. Yeah, that's harsh. That is harsh. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. So I go to the Storybook Bible because it's super Always. helpful the way it words things. So in this Jesus Storybook Bible, it says that time passed and many people filled the earth. Everyone everywhere had forgotten about God and were only doing bad things all the time. So God's heart was filled with pain when he saw what had happened to the world he loved. Everywhere was disease, death, and destruction, all the things God hates the most. I think that 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 extra word there of pain really does help. I think it helps because Mm -hmm. we can understand that, especially as parents. Like when we watch our kids make bad decisions or our friends, if if, as a friend, when we watch someone we love, you know, pain and death Mm -hmm. and destruction, that grieves us. Mm -hmm. That is painful to us. And so I think that that kind of helps. I don't think it completely um, 
makes sense of this mm-hmm. passage, but it, I, I found that to be helpful. Yeah, and I, I like the um, example that you use with like us as parents or as friends, because as I was kind of working through this in my mind and in my heart, I thought the same thing. I was like, God's our good father that mm-hmm. loves us so much. And when we are doing things that, is harmful to ourself or to others like that grieves him. And so it's not regret in a sense that we regret things and wish, wish we hadn't done something. It is more of a, like it says in the Jesus storybook Bible, a pain, a Mm -hmm. sorrow, a, um, just he's, he's grieving for us because he doesn't want us to do these harmful things. Mm-hmm. But yet again, just like we saw in the um, in the fall, as soon as the sin happens or as soon as we see that he is sorry or that God is grieving, the very next verse says, but. <laughs> but Noah found favor or some translations say found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So it's, we don't have to sit in that fear of, oh no, God is sorry. God is you know, regretting, but then the very next verse gives us that hope again, but God, but Noah found favor in or grace in the eyes of the Lord. And I love this. I I was reading about this as I was studying in that original word where it says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the first time we're ever hearing about the word grace Mm -hmm. in scripture. That's the first time grace is ever in, um, in, in the Bible. And it teaches us that, um, that this is a quote from Gleanings in, Ge- in Genesis, and it says, "Grace is the foundation of every life that is pleasing to God. Grace is the source from which issues every blessing we receive. It was the grace of God, not the grace of Noah, which preserved him from the watery grave." So what that's saying is that it was God's grace, and it was. God that found favor in Noah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything Noah had done to earn it, just like us in our salvation, right? It's not anything we can do to earn it. It's um, righteousness from God. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was listening to a John Piper sermon about this when it talks about Noah's righteousness. And he was talking about being righteous means that... Um, righteousness is a sinner or if you are a righteous man, it's a sinner that hates sin and turns from it and accepts God's grace. And so Noah agreed with God about his sin. It's not saying that Noah was perfect. Mm. Um, I think in some translations it says that he's blameless and we think of that as perfection, but it's not, it's not that Noah was perfect. It's that he, he saw his sin and he accepted this grace that, Mm. that God was offering him. So it wasn't like you exactly like what you're saying. It was, it wasn't anything, Noah did Mm -hmm. it's what God was doing for him but Noah did acknowledge his sin and he um we we can we are led to believe that he was repentive of Mm -hmm. any sin that he that he had committed because he wasn't perfect yeah that is that is super helpful because that's what it says in verse nine right these are the generations of Noah Noah was a righteous man Mm -hmm. blameless in his generation so when you're saying blameless doesn't mean sinless right but he accepted that grace Mm -hmm. which made him righteous Mm -hmm. and says Noah walked with God and we see you know I I kind of want wondered as I was reading this like well so many questions first of all but (laughs) yes like why Noah what what did he have did was it a certain faith or 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 what like what faith had a lot to do with this right and I think it's really helpful to define um faith and I don't have a perfect definition for this, but I like, um, what there's a lot of pink quotes in here, but what pink says about faith is that faith is the antithesis of sin. 
Faith is more than an act. It's an attitude. It is a submission to God's government, yielding to his authority in compliance with Mm. his revealed will. Faith in God is coming to the end of myself. It is the spirit of entire dependency on God. And that's what God saw Noah, right? Mm -hmm. He knew that Noah would depend on him. And as we'll read more, he did, right? He had to completely depend on him. And so I think just having, we hear the word faith all the time tossed around Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's, it's kind of confusing, but just understanding what that faith looked like for, for Noah, um, kind of helps a little bit. Yeah, it does. And also just going back to grace for a second, I think this is just another reason that we, um, see that the Old Testament is important because Mm -hmm. a lot of times when you hear the word grace, I think we immediately go to New Testament and like hearing about it in the epistles and Paul talks about grace a lot, but we see grace all the way back to chapter six of Genesis. Yeah. So the Old Testament is really important. So when you start to get bogged down reading through the Old Testament Mm -hmm. over the next few months, like don't remember that it's a part of God's um, big plan and his big story too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really neat Yeah, to, to pick out those words that we often think of New Testament words, but they're not just New Testament words. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Oh, another point is that it's easy as we're reading this story mm. to think of it as being fiction. Right. Because think of all of the cute little nurseries right. that are decorated as Noah's right. Ark, which, which is, is kind totally of weird. inappropriate. It's so like, weird. We think of this story as this cute little kid story, but it's really a story of God's wrath yeah. on on sin. his creation, yeah. sin, and that's not something I. Don't, I don't think I want that on my kids' nursery. <laughs> that is weird. You know what? Now that I think about it, we the girls' birthday party when they turned two was Noah's two Ark. By because two by two. Because it was two by That's two. Right. Was. Yeah. But I never thought about yes. it as like as the Bible story. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But when we think about it, it's kind of a dark story. I mean, there's this promise and this, and we'll see this beautiful covenant that's made in the end. But, but this part of the story it's is dark. Yeah, it is. It is. So what do we see next after we see God saying Noah was righteous? Okay, so then God tells Noah his plan to destroy the earth with a flood. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. And then he tells him to build an ark and he gives him very, very specific instructions, which comes out to be about the size of a modern battleship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just you know a little what, though? fun I fact. I think that's actually something that we did not plan about talking about this but I think that's really helpful to know like God gave him specific instructions mm-hmm. yeah. because it would have been so overwhelming if God was like do this thing that you have no idea what I'm talking about first of all because it's never even rained that's what I was earth. gonna say exactly you but just brought he, that up earlier yeah. yeah but he even gave him specific instructions which that to some people might come off as like overly thorough or oh, however no, you want to explain it. that but that's actually really helpful because <laughs> yes. I feel like walking in, in this you know Christian life sometimes we're like what do you want me to do God like give me specific instructions and with God he, he actually did. or with Noah, Noah he actually did yeah he did I would love that I'm one right? of those people now that turn I'm left. like yes now turn yes. right yeah that'd be nice I don't <laughs> like making decisions <laughs> I would love that so yeah so he gave him specific instructions to build this ark and then he told him to take his family which included his three sons and their wives and then two of each kind of bird animal and creeping thing and his wife and, and, oh yes and his wife and what's his wife's name <laughs> she didn't have a name isn't that weird well she has a name but it's never mentioned and the I son's know. wives names are never mentioned too oh and it's funny because we were reading um 
oh, it's in, so we have this book. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but it's called, I think it's called For Such a Time as This. And it's a Angie Smith um, book for little girls. And it's all about the women in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, really cool. But it has the story of Noah's wife. And like, <laughs> it just, it says, Noah's it just wife. says Noah's <laughs> wife. And so my girls were like, well, mommy, what's her name? And this was several months ago. And so I was like, well, let me it's see. So known. I'm like flipping yeah. through my Bible and I'm like, why isn't her name mentioned? But obviously, I guess it wasn't important. Or maybe Moses forgot it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Moses is like, what's her name again? We'll just say Noah's wife. <laughs> so, yes, Noah's wife doesn't have a name in here. But um, so they all, he said, these are all the people and the animals that I want you to take into the ark. But he doesn't mention the fish. We can't really put fish in an ark. And I'm kind of stuck on this because it's really interesting because we see throughout the rest of the story, like the fish are never really mentioned. And so this was brought up on a podcast I was listening to. Well, all of the animals in the ocean, you mean, or just fish? Well, all the animals in the ocean. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like some of them had to be preserved, right? Like, I mean, that's what he was doing. But if you couldn't take them on the ark, I don't know. It's Well, could they just live in the water that was raining? Well, but that's my question. Like, uh-huh. so did did they all live? Did they all? Probably not. I mean, there is there way more animals in the ocean. So yeah. maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, I haven't done a lot of research. I just did a quick Google search and people, <laughs> this apparently is a common question and I'm sure there's an answer. So let's discuss it on the Facebook page if you want. And it's not, obviously it was not super important right. or else it would have been included. Right. But it's just, just that a little side note that I'd never noticed before. Yeah. When reading it, I mean, they didn't have aquariums in the No. <laughs> well, they might have. I mean, I guess they could. But he didn't specify. That's the thing. Okay. He said two of each kind of bird, animal, yeah. and creeping thing. Fish Whereas when he Just made, kidding. well, and if you go back to yeah. to creation um, in chapter one, like we see he, he talks about making mm-hmm. the sea creatures. Right. But yeah. then he doesn't list them in this. Oh, now I want to know. So it's really interesting. Yeah. Um. I think it's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, we had already talked about this, but the fact that um, the ark is made out of wood, which seems like, well, I don't know, but why does that matter? But it's interesting because, well, one, Jesus died on a, on a cross mm-hmm. made out of wood. But another thing um, interesting about the wood is that in order for, um, I almost said Abraham, I don't know why, in order for Noah and his family to be safe, um, there had to be a sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. So the wood came from a tree. The tree was alive. Right. So they had to have death mm-hmm. in order to be saved. Yes. Yeah. So, so foreshadowing of, mm-hmm. of Christ, right? There had to be a death. There had to be a sacrifice in order for them to be saved. Yeah. And that um, also makes me think, so when you hear the word ark, there's another ark that you hear in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Ark of the Covenant, which had the Ten Commandments in it. And so I thought, is there a connection there? And I looked it up and actually... The Hebrew words are different. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, I thought I had something really cool because the Ark of the Covenant, like the Israelites would have associated that with with salvation mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and then this this Ark that Noah was in, that was salvation. But there is a connection with the Hebrew word for the, for Noah's Ark is Teba. And the Hebrew word for the basket that baby Moses was placed in is also Teba. So that mm-hmm. was an Ark of sorts. So it's really neat to think that Moses, who was telling this story yeah. was also placed in an ark, the mm. same word 
that he's talking about Noah being in. And so, you know, God um, used this ark for Noah and his family to save them for salvation. And mm-hmm. then he used this this basket, this ark that Moses was in for salvation. And he led the people mm-hmm. out of um, Egypt. That's so cool. His people, God's people. And so, so cool. it's just so neat. Once again, this is why these little details and why biblical literacy matters, mm-hmm. why a good... Um, Commentary. (laughs) I couldn't think of the word. Why a good like commentary is important. Why spending time studying these things is important because once again you just see God's character all throughout, and it's just it's really really neat. And you see Jesus all throughout. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see Jesus. The way that Jesus saves is similar to what is happening Mm -hmm. here. So it's so cool that every like the storybook Bible says every page whispers his name, every story whispers his name. So true. And then in verse 18, this is pretty cool because um, it's the first time that we see the word covenant. Mm -hmm. And that is a word that we'll see a lot throughout the rest of Genesis and throughout the rest of the Bible, really. So um, all the way in in chapter 6 of Genesis, we see the word covenant. So we see that he does that, two of every animal, everything. And then the end of chapter 6 in verse 22, it says, Noah did this. He did all that God had commanded him. And I think, you know, we just, we know that, right? We know God Mm -hmm. did. He, or Noah did. did. He built the ark. He brought the animals. He did everything. But if we stop and think about that, like, that's a big statement to say he did all that God commanded him. I mean, I couldn't say that about myself. No, absolutely not. And I mean, we don't know how much he questioned God or how much he wrestled, you know, or even maybe argued a little bit. We don't know. But regardless, like, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. He chose to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, picking up in chapter seven in verse one, it says, then the Lord said to Noah, and there's different translations here. So I'm going to first read um, King James because I like the way it sounds better. So um, it says, <laughs> and the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark. Okay. And then ESV says, go into the ark, you and all your household. Um, For I have seen that you are righteous before me. And it goes on and on. But what we want to just stop and think about here is the fact that um, it says, come into the ark. So what does that mean? This is the first time again in scripture that we see a word. And it's the first time we see the word come in all of scripture. And after this, it recurs over 500 times um, in the remainder of the Bible. But I find this so interesting because we see it's an invitation, Mm. right? It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's God inviting us in. God has said, you know, I have commanded you to create this safe haven and um, I have been for you and with you and I will continue to be with you. Mm -hmm. just, just come on in, Noah. Like it sounds like like a dad, you know. Yes. Like, come on in. Um, but then we also see in the other translations um, where it says "go," and we're not a hundred percent sure why sometimes it's translated come into the ark and sometimes it says go but this is just my personal thinking here now so there's nothing to back this up other than my brains but um (laughs) the fact that he tells us to come in right we get to be a part of um what god is doing and we get salvation through him but then he also says go and so we get to go and we get to be obedient just Mm -hmm. like noah and we get to go out and do his work Mm -hmm. so we get to be invited in and we get to go which is like the best of both worlds. Yes. And when I think about the word come and it may, like you said, it's, it's like God saying, I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. And that is just so comforting to me because mm-hmm. I don't like being by myself. Right. I'm one of those people that like, I don't like to be home by myself. I don't like to be lonely. And so 
knowing that God's with me and just that reminder that he's with me when he says come is just super, super comforting to me. Yes. So I like that a lot. I agree. 100%. Go King James. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday. Just kidding. Okay. So once again, I think sometimes we just kind of skip over numbers, but if you really think about like the significance of the numbers, it's pretty cool. So it took about 120-ish years to build the ark according to some some different things that are said in here. So I thought that was really interesting. And then it took about seven days for them to completely fill it. But 120 years, that's a long time. That's longer than we'll live. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And you know what's really interesting is God could have just provided an ark, right? Have you ever thought about that? Yes. Like God could have just said, here's your ark. Now go get all the animals, which Mm -hmm. still would have been a lot of work. But instead he asks Noah, what what do you think is the significance of that? Having Noah build it himself. So I think, and I was going to talk about this a little bit later. Oh, sorry. But we'll go (laughs) ahead and go there now. But we see later... it takes 120 years to build the ark. And then there's a lot more time of waiting and waiting and waiting, waiting for the water to recede, waiting for these daggum birds <laughs> to, to do their thing and tell them if there was dry land yet. And we see waiting and waiting and waiting. And so I think it's just that picture of patience mm, mm-hmm. because I don't think I'd be that patient. I would like hammer for probably two days and then be like, forget it. Let me drown. (laughs) You know, I mean, that takes some patience. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's what I'm just pulling out. Like, yeah, my brains this time. And to me, that's that's what I think. I wonder, too, if there was like some sanctification going on there. Right. Because think of how much like you're saying, how frustrating it would have been to Mm -hmm. build that. And not only that, but the faith that he had to have, like Mm -hmm. we talked about earlier, it had never even rained before. So God's like, create this floating house thing. But you don't know what floating because it hasn't rained and there's ocean. But why would ocean come on land like it would be very very confusing not to even mention the ridicule and you know just mocking that he must have that's what I think about that you know people and I mean they kind of paint that picture in that movie that came out a few years ago Bruce Almighty with the just kidding. That too. <laughs> Such a good it's not movie. Bruce Almighty. What is it? Noah Almighty? No, Evan, Evan. Evan Almighty. Evan Almighty. Bruce Almighty. That's a, that's that's a movie one. too, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. We're getting way off. But they paint this picture in these different movies about Noah of mm-hmm. people like making fun of uh-huh. him. And you know that had to be going on. Like people had to think he was crazy. Yeah, they're like, what is this guy doing? And to endure that for a hundred plus years. Yeah. And then Man. also not to mention even the cost. Like, think yeah. of how much it, I don't know how you got wood in those days, but I'm assuming. Probably chopped down a tree. But then, like, <laughs> all the nails. Like, this would be very expensive. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. So there's a lot of ongoing, like you're saying, patience, mm-hmm. but then also humility yeah. to just be like, oh, I have yes. no idea, but I'm trusting the Lord and trust. And so many things God was doing in his heart. And that's just super convicting to me. Because anytime that, like, something's hard, I'm like, just get through it. You know, mm-hmm. the goal is to get to the other side of yes. it instead of to really sit in it and ask the Lord like what are you trying to teach me right now is it to trust you because this seems crazy mm-hmm. is it to wait is it patience what is it Lord that you're that you're really trying to grow grow in me and that's that's what we see happening here with Noah yeah I think you hit the nail on the head with that because we're a generation of such like instant gratification mm-hmm. we want to know the end results right and sometimes that's not a part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. Like it could be years down the road. I mean, I know that right now I'm seeing things in my life, fruit of things that happen 
years ago. I mean, and yeah, maybe it was just like seven or eight years ago, but still that seems Not like a long time. I mean, that's like a third of my life. <laughs> yeah. That seems yeah. like a long time. Um, but yeah, and, and during those seasons of the unknown, it's easy to say like, this is just pointless and get frustrated and, and lose patience. But I think there is something to that, just sitting and trusting mm-hmm. that God is good and God is faithful and just, you know, all those attributes that we always talk about, just knowing that that is true, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if we can't see his plan, mm-hmm. just sitting in that. Yep. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the flood comes. And, um, oh, another cool fact, sorry, God, so God shut the doors and, um, shut them in this ark. And this shows that God is the one providing safety. Like it doesn't say that Noah shut the doors, God shut the doors. And we see other places in scripture that, um, doors are providing safety for God's people too. Like the Israelites with Passover, they put the the blood Mm -hmm. over the door and shut themselves in their house or God shut them in their houses. Um, and that provided safety for them. We see it with Rahab. We see it several other places in the Bible where we we see this picture of a door providing safety. So once again, it's just kind of that theme throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like that a lot. So then after that, everything was wiped out during the 40 days of rain, except for what was in the ark. I still don't know about those fish. (laughs) (laughs) And everything was wiped out. (laughs) No big deal. Totally normal. Totally normal. But I guess we do already know that part of the story, so it is kind of totally normal. And and just a reminder, like we talked about before, like this really happened yeah. and this is true. So it's so easy for us to think of it as that, that what was that movie? Russell Crowe movie? That, was it Russell Crowe? That's Crow? the one I was talking yeah. about. Like, yeah. Or how, it, which was not accurate. So that we're not recommending that as a resource, <laughs> but, at, or like as your kids, yeah. you know, decorations or whatever. But no, this actually happened and it was actually wiped out except for what God preserved. Yeah. John Piper was talking about, I think a painting that he saw where it was like this rock and like a tiger was on it and a and like a um, person was like trying to climb up on the rock like I mean this was a, a real thing like you had mm. animals and mm-hmm. people like floating in the water yeah like, and I mean just it's it's gruesome and yeah. it's it's sad and um yeah yeah, so that's important to remember. It's easy to just say, oh, yeah, they were wiped out like I did. Yeah. And I say that because I am such a, like, positive, like, lighthearted person. <laughs> Let's just skip so over that part like, and keep going. Let's skip over it, yeah. But, yeah, it was. And, and God's it, wrath is real. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's, in, it's important to note that that we can learn things about God from this and not bad things. Like, we can mm-hmm. see that he is just and he is mm-hmm. holy and he cannot... Um, be in the presence of sin and that he he will punish sin and and he does that through you know jesus Mm -hmm. and sending jesus Mm -hmm. and putting um jesus paying the price for us so that we don't have to be punished for our sin so there is things we can learn about god from this and yes it is hard and it is gruesome and it Mm -hmm. is tough to understand and wrestle with Mm -hmm. but at the same time there are things that that we can learn about god um good things that are worthy of worship yes Yes. So at the end of chapter seven, it says water was on the earth for 150 days. So we think that we just hear 40 days, 40 nights, and we think that was it. Mm -hmm. But it was actually 150 days. Can you imagine how it would smell? Like, let's oh. just think about all that poop See, for I don't a like thinking about the little details <laughs> like that. Can you imagine? Surely they, like, so dump the poop. They have, like, like, an irrigation system on the boat? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like I a flush? It. They taught the gorillas how to flush the toilet? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> tangent, That'd tangent. be awesome. Okay, okay <laughs> so at the beginning of Chapter 8, um, it starts off with saying, And God remembered Noah. 
And so that's easy to think that like God, oh God forgot Noah. Like he's that's why it was floating. 150 days. He's just floating in this water. Oh, oh no, Noah's down there floating. I'd better go save him. No, that's not what it's talking about. It's referring to to his promise and saying, um, not that he had forgotten him, but that he he was remembering this promise mm-hmm. that he had that he had made with Noah. Yeah. So it says in the study notes of the ESV Bible, it says that when it says God remembers someone, it means that he's remembering his covenant with them and that he's about to take action for that person's welfare. So he's about to do something like He's it's like a sign. So yes. when we say when we see in the Bible that God remembers something, we should like perk our ears up, right? Yeah. And say, Oh, he's about to do something. Yes. Yeah. Like that. Um, and then a wind came over the earth, and we see this. This is really cool. It's the same word used in chapter one for spirit. Mm. So I thought that was really neat. And then the waters begin to recede. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a year later, like a long time later, <laughs> Noah sent out a raven to find dry land and it just flew around didn't do any good then he sends out a dove and it returned and so he knew there still wasn't enough dry land then he sent out another one like a week later and it came back with an olive leaf and finally another week later he sent out another one and it did not return at all so um, at that point they took the covering off the ark and God said they could go out onto dry land Mm. Um, so yeah, just once again, the patience, mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine like, I'd be like, get okay, like, let's of get off of this arc. Yeah, yeah. Like just waiting and waiting and waiting all like hundred years to build it. And then like 150 days of water and then a week for the birds and all, I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. You have to wonder too, like where they went, like, were they floating to like all around and yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. And I heard a random fact. I didn't do any research on this, but I heard um, that the the mountain that they landed mm-hmm. on, I can't remember the name of it. Um, they've actually like found mm-hmm. like artifacts mm-hmm. there, which is super cool. Taylor super was showing cool. me something about yeah. that. Yeah, that's awesome. So neat. Um, so then this is really cool. The first thing Noah did mm-hmm. when he got off of the ark was to worship God by offering a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And this had already been... Um, prepared like God prepared him for this by telling him to take clean animals mm-hmm. into the ark and so that was that was um for the sacrifice that he was going to offer when he got off the ark. Okay, so then we see um starting in chapter 8 verse 20 all the way through 9:17 that God is um having a having <laughs> he's making a covenant with Noah and just a funny point to come back to like we talked about 7 the number 7 being significant. There is exactly 7 covenants um made by God in scripture. That is crazy cool. I know. So cool. So what do we see as the covenant that God is making with Noah? So when in scripture, when you see covenants, you see a promise, you see stipulation, and you see a covenant sign. So God's promise to Noah is that he will never again curse the ground. And he goes on and expands on that promise um, a little bit, but that is the main gist of what he's he's promising. The stipulation is that Noah and his family would be fruitful and multiply, which we've seen those words before. Four, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they can use animals as food. There's a little bit of debate whether they used animals as food before or not. Um, some people think they did. Some people th- think they didn't. But now God's saying, basically, um, the animals will fear you. Before they lived kind of in this weird, like, 
community. French yeah, <laughs> it's kind of weird. But now the animal animals are going to fear them and they can use them as food. And also God talks about um, there being compensation for murder. Um that's interesting. Which gets kind of, yeah, gets gets kind of interesting to read about. So those are kind of the stipulations. And then there's also a covenant sign, and the covenant sign is a rainbow. And I was listening to another podcast earlier this week, and he was saying, I always thought that's something that we just kind of threw in. I didn't realize the rainbow was really in Scripture. We just throw that in. That's but funny. it really is. And, you know, I was thinking about that when we, we, when we were in Hawaii. You know, Hawaii is like the land of rainbows. There's Mm -hmm. rainbows everywhere and every time I saw one I'm just like wow like this promise goes all the way back to Noah yeah all the way back to Noah and it's just such a significant sign um I think we can sometimes make light of rainbows these days but but it is God's promise to us and so I just I love that so much that's it's just fun to realize things that we've always heard like have significance mm-hmm. and meaning, right? So yeah. we just think, oh, the rainbow at the end of Noah. Like that actually has, it's part of the covenant that God made with Noah. And so it is important and it is, you know, foreshadowing to the covenant, the new covenant that right. he's going to make through Jesus. Um, so how does he, how do we go on and finish this chapter? So we kind of take a turn again. So many weird turns. Can we not just stay on the good path for I know, a little while? Right. It's that. Dang depravity. (laughs) (laughs) It's that sin that's just born into us. Aaron's dying over here. That dang depravity (laughs) always gets us, Always gets us. So, because, I mean, the ark, yes, it saved Noah. And yes, Noah was was seen as righteous. Mm -hmm. But like I said, he wasn't perfect. And we have that sinful nature. Mm -hmm. And so that was seen shortly after they got off the ark, Noah planted a vineyard and he got drunk Mm -hmm. and laid naked in his tent. And so, um, and then it goes on to talk about how his son Ham saw him and he told his brothers to come and his brothers covered him up. And you would think that was a good thing, but apparently the fact that Ham kind of called him out on it was not a good thing. Mm. And so Noah um, cursed Canaan, who was the son of Ham. And he said, um, curse be Canaan, a servant, a servant shall be to his, shall he be to his brothers. And he also said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years and all the days of Noah were 950 years. And then he died. I love how things just like just end. Yeah. (laughs) And then he died. died. Boom. (laughs) But it's interesting to note, like, it's easy for us to look and be like, Noah, are you serious? Like, God just did this insane thing. Like, Mm -hmm. he spared you when he destroyed everything else. All you should do is every moment of your life bow down and worship him and praise his name. He literally saved only you and your family. And yet the first thing you do is you go, well, second, he did build an altar. So he's got that going for him. And made a covenant with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But then he goes, right? And he goes right back into his fallen nature. But I think... That's so much us. That is so us. Right? We go, oh, Every God, day. you saved me from my sin. I want to live my life for you. And the next turn, boom, we're back 
choosing our flesh again. And so we have to remind ourselves that we're no better than Noah. We're in the same dang depravity situation <laughs> and that we um, are. <laughs> and not only are we you know in the same boat but that we can learn from him mm-hmm. right we can learn and we can look at what how god was gracious to him and that we can that can help us to stop and remember how god was gracious and is gracious to us and that can kind of hopefully we can almost learn from his mistakes and we can kind of put maybe some safeguards in that, okay, I know Lord that this is an area where I'm tempted to fall. Let me put up a safeguard there so that I don't fall into that same sin that you already saved me from. Yeah, that's good. I think it's really interesting too, because he said, curse be Canaan. And we see in my um, study Bible, it talks about Ham's descendants include, in addition to the Canaanites, the names of Israel's most dreaded enemies, Egypt, Philistia, Assyria, and Babylon. Mm. So we see kind of those like generational, that that curse kind of go down um, through the generations because of, of the sin. Yeah. So I, I think that that's interesting, and that's just, again, how you can see kind of the big picture mm-hmm. here. Um, yeah. And then he when he talks about bless, blessed be the Lord and God of um, the God of Shem, um, we see that that line ultimately leads to the Messiah, ah, leads to Jesus. Ah. So I, I just, I love seeing those connections yes. all the way back to the beginning yep. because it just shows that God is it shows his consistency like that what happened at the very beginning of time like he was already he already knew what was going to happen years and years and years later and it's just consistent yes there's no plan b that's something that drives me nuts we're like oh god came up with a plan b and sending jesus no No, there's no plan b no we see it all the way back Mm. and um so yeah yeah all right let's end with a a little quote, um, a little quote. This is, of course, from that book by Pink, because it, th- these chapters were really good. But I love what he says um, again about faith. This is a different quote about faith. But he says, faith is the eye of the spirit. It is that which visualizes the unseen. It is that which gives tangibility to the invisible. And it is that which makes substantial the things hoped for. So for next week, if you're reading along with us, we're going to be covering chapters 10 and 11. But as always, read at your own pace and just come back for some good little nuggets. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. And most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobb.